1: Right, Roger. In 2018, there is a movie that probably had one of the simplest and one of the most straightforward marketing campaign and yet became one of the most successful movies of that year. And I'm talking about three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Now, that is not the sort of name of a film that
0: gets you sitting up, bolt upright, thinking, wow, I'm going to have to get out and buy a ticket for that. I mean, three billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Wow. I mean, it's not Star Wars or Terminator or Die Hard, is it? It it just doesn't sound that exciting. And I seem to remember thinking exactly that when I first saw the adverts for it. But as you say, one of the most successful films of that year, and an absolutely engrossing, engrossing movie. It sucks you in. The characterisation um, it's it's emotional. It's exciting. It's sad. It's uplifting. It has all sorts of raw emotions in there. And and I guess that this is this is film marketing after all. We talk about usually about how a film was marketed. We also have a bit of a um, a rant about the film itself but the actual concept once you get be, beyond the slightly boring heading three billboards outside of ebbing missouri the whole idea of the film is about drawing attention to a specific thing namely that the uh, that uh, mildred who's the the the, uh, the main character in the film unfortunately her daughter had been raped and killed a year earlier she Hires three billboards outside of the town she lives in to effectively give the police a kick up the backside to get on and solve this crime. So she is, the film is about marketing. It's about how to draw attention to something and get people to take action. And that's fantastic because that's, you know, not only can we talk about film marketing of the film, the fact is the film has a basic thread
1: that it's about drawing people's attention and getting them to take action. You are so right. And I, I never really thought of it in that way. I uh, so thank you very much for bringing this, because for me, this title feels like a news headline. Yes. Do you know what I mean? So you've got all these layers, you know, stories within stories. I mean, you could argue you've got three billboards almost, you know, representing the three acts of a typical story, the setup, the conflict, the resolution. But also, if you think about this, so you've got a title of a movie, as you say, which is almost like more a working title. And then we'll come up with something really exciting down the line. But in fact, you know, it's almost like a, a statement. It's, it's a news headline from a newspaper. And then you've got um, the way in which, obviously, um, some of the uh, byline, you know, have summarized the film. It's also really quite intriguing because it simply says, A woman rents three billboards to call attention to her daughters and sold rape and murder. Full stop. That's it. Yep. And you keep kind of just adding uh, elements of news headlines and and story and what you want for the audience to go, I want to know how this um, kind of, uh, you know, what conclusion this is going to reach. How will she or will she indeed get resolution by using this this method? And once you get sight and and get to watch the trailers, I was completely sold. I I really wanted to see this story because I, I, I was just curious about the characters and how are they going to react and deal with essentially the three billboards creating complete um havoc in the small town of ebbing yeah and 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 the marketing of the
0: uh, of the film with the poster was absolute genius because (laughs) it showed the back of the billboards so you can't actually see what's on the billboards and Again, you just think, I want to know what's on those billboards. I want to be able to drive past them and turn around and come back and see what's on the other side of them. So, uh, you know, again, I keep coming back to it. I like simplicity, but that is just simplicity genius, isn't it? Absolute simplicity genius, creating anticipation and desire.
1: And what I like, obviously, it's, um, you know, the British filmmaker, uh, Martin McDonagh. I don't know if you've seen In Brews and Seven Psychopaths. So, I mean, I was already thinking, well, if it's as good as or better than what he's done so far. And I will confess, as soon as I heard that um, Francis McDonagh and Woody Helson and a few others were in, um, I thought, we're going to watch and witness a story unfolding delivered by some incredible performance, screen performance. I mean Sam Rockwell, which I've not seen for a while since um, a few of the things I've seen. in. Mean, it was just and each time you know a new character was was introduced in a story, you would just say, oh my God, him, you know, her and and the, all those characters just kind of carry the story so so well. Um, it, it's a delight to watch. It's a delight also to observe the cinematography. But how they explore the sense of uh, injustice, you know, indifference, sometime racism, sexism. There's all sort of, you know, really kind of uh, hard hitting topics being covered, but using humour so well as well. And it's it is dialogue heavy, um, but that's not a criticism.
0: It's good dialogue. It. It, in, in, a, in a certain respect, it, it reminds me of Tarantino-type dialogue. Some of the, the monologues that the characters go off on are actually quite long. I, I, I'm, I'm minded of the scene where um, where Mildred effectively takes down the local priest, and, and she basically just d- dismantles his argument layer by layer by layer, and, and she's talking, and he's basically just stood there, and you can see... He's just drained of all his um, humility as she just lays into him and lays into him. And that's so well written. And and, and again, Woody Halson, as you've said, probably not my favourite actor, I have to say, Pascal. There's a, quite a few roles that he's played where I've just thought, nah, I just don't like that. But in this one, again, absolutely and utterly believable character, so believable. And the letter that he leaves behind for his wife um is is heartbreaking absolutely heartbreaking but so well written you know you'll 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 probably have tears um and the delivery is 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 spectacular but but yeah it's it's all about redemption and
1: forgiveness isn't it it is and that's what i like about this movie um the characters are are complex, you know. They are multi layered, which is again according to to uh, Martin McDonough and as well as, as as the cast, whereby all you know. The same film, you can have someone doing, uh, create maybe creating a, a scene which is uh, deemed to be uh, bad, or you know, say, well, this character is is evil, and then much later on, there, there's an act of kindness, and you, you're mm. completely being pulled in different kind of uh, emotions, thinking, well, am I meant to dislike or lie this character? I mean, even Mildred, you know, as the, the woman who rightly saw is seeking justice, is not always going about it in the right way, so you can find yourself to be critical of her actions. Well, yeah, I
0: mean, she puts the billboards up (laughs) and the billboards are basically saying to the police chief, you know, Willoughby, who played by Woody Harlson, you know, get your act together, mate. Uh, So she's having a right go at him. And then later in the film, he pays for her to have her second month with the billboards up um she even sets fire to the police station doesn't she she chucks molotov cocktails at the police station so you could be you could be forgiven for arguing that she's actually quite unhinged or, and and actually quite violent and and has she gone too far despite the horrible thing that happened to her daughter you know is, is torching a police station with molotov cocktails really the sort of thing that a grieving parent does but again later you know, there is that moment of redemption. Uh, I I think it's so well put together and and
1: multi-layered. So it may well be that some of our viewers and listeners have not seen three billboards outside um, of Ebbing. So we're not going to say much more than you must watch. You're going to really enjoy it as a... Bit of storytelling, cinematography, but also this element of, as Roger brought to my attention, grabbing someone's attention and so on. But I just wanted to, without giving too much away, the ending is interesting. And my question to you, Roger, will they, will they not? Yes, it, it's, it's
0: one of those Hitchcockian endings, <laughs> isn't it? It's the sort of ending where it could lead to a sequel but I hope it doesn't, mm-hmm. uh, because I think the, a sequel would ruin it. Uh, but it does leave enough up in the air for you to... You can sit down and have a debate about, as you say, and we, we don't want to give away the plot, but they they leave town on a mission, a man and woman on a mission, not to demystify um, concept marketing, but to track down this potential killer. And what are they going to do? if and when they find him and well yeah i mean she's already torched a police station with molotov cocktails you know one in one one respect you could think she's going to string the guy up and and slice off his skin layer by layer but then maybe because the film's full of redemption there may be an element a moment of forgiveness where she lets this person off if she ever finds him mm. so i mean i've never thought of it like that maybe that's what we're supposed to think is she going to exact revenge or is there going to be a moment of forgiveness coming through
1: wow i mean for me this film isn't for me feels like a fable you know because obviously ebbing is a fictional town and interestingly people living there uh, are all kind of quirky characters and usually the outsiders who come in from a uh, sort of ebbing always seem to be a bit perplexed by the behavior uh, of all from the police to Mildred and a few others. But I think it's right, it's about drawing out morality, it's about drawing out lessons in life, it's about obviously inviting the, the film goers and people watching it together to discuss it after, which I think is always a, a mark of a, of a great film when you end up discussing it afterwards. Yeah, and, and I've, I've watched quite a few films recently which I would probably describe as
0: um, scary, small, American town-type films where the cops always seem to be bent um, and there seems to be a lot of corruption and quite a lot of violence, uh, especially within families. So it, it's this one sort of rises above that. It's not a cliché. It genuinely gets you thinking about, you know, just something happens, and in this case something as simple as putting up three posters has a knock on effect which affects so many people within the town it's it's a different film than we've you know it's not science fiction it's not fantasy it's not action um shoot 'em up that sort of thing it's it's a it's a more cerebral type film this pascal uh,
1: but it's definitely definitely good and for me you know what i like about it it's it's almost you know using a safe formula, which is mm-hmm. something happens to yep. a town, and we observe uh, individuals reacting yes. uh, to to that sudden change to their kind of uh, quiet life or or kind of linear life. Uh, but within that, whilst it is a safe formula, we, we have moments that where you, you're shocked and surprised. But I, I go back to this idea of you know, it's just like a news item, mm-hmm. three billboards outside of ebbing. And then you suddenly observe, you know, uh, what's happening uh, whilst that is decays. Shall we try and extract some marketing lessons <laughs> for the for the purpose of this podcast, Roger? Yeah, again, it, it's it just
0: plays into that whole simplicity thing. You know, the posters showing the backs of the billboards was at once intriguing. Raised expectations was phenomenally simple but phenomenally clever. And you know, that they, they didn't do massive social media campaigns for these films and, and multiple different styles of trailers and, and um, you know, sponsorships. It, it was pretty sim- simple and, and based around those those posters and
1: a couple of trailers here and there, wasn't it? And I think for me, the the, the one element that they did very well, although they will say the marketing execution was simple, you're right, there was one or two posters, there was definitely one what they call red band trailer where this is the uncut version. I will say both in the trailer and the movies, I don't think I've ever heard so much profanity ever yeah. in any movies uh, apart from maybe Tarantino as you mentioned. So that yeah. red, red band trailer was quite something Then they did a different trailer, which is actually more around Mildred and how she's dealing with the sense of loss and so on. And then, yeah, the usual social media um, kind of activities. But one thing they did really well, more than maybe other movies you and I have reviewed, is the use of film festival over a long period of time. Yeah, and again, sitting here,
0: my own immediate reaction was it's a dull title for a film you would have thought actually they would have had to have pulled the stops out and blitzed it as much as they possibly could across multiple platforms to get people to be interested in something that actually sounds pretty dull but they must have had a massive amount of confidence in the quality of the script and the acting and the cinematography and the direction they knew it was going to be successful and therefore they chose this less um, in your face approach And, and again maybe the word of mouth that came out of those film festivals was enough to to make it go
1: big Mm, well, quite. I mean, let's not forget, you know, the, the many awards that it won. I mean, I just did a quick look uh, on um, my go-to website, and like many others out there, IMDB, for uh, in preparation with this podcast, you know, mm. 223 nominations across yeah. around the world, winning 132 um, awards, including two Oscars. Mm-hmm. This is not, you know, a small, a, a small win. And it's back to this idea of, you know, trying to derive a lesson from this. Do we, all of us as content creators, do we do enough to really promote the uh, the content we produce, or do we are we too quick to move on to the next execution? So are we doing enough to make sure that that video, that podcast, that article, is featured on networks of sort, you know, our version of film festival, or we sometimes tempted to say, "Well, well, you know, I've done a podcast. Thank you very much. Next one," as opposed to squeezing more value and more exposure from that one bit of content. Oh, Pascal, I, I'm
0: I'm guilty of this every day. I post a new episode of a podcast we post an episode of this podcast, I post a video, you post a video, we do a few tweets, we do a few um, emails, and we move on to the next one. Sometimes I think, no, no, maybe we should have a sustained absolute blitz of promoting one piece of content, you know, and just see how much more we can elevate it.
1: Hmm, no, absolutely. Anything else that comes to mind, Roger, when it comes to potential marketing lessons?
0: Um... Not really. I, I just love the simplicity of this. I think this, the film sells itself. The intrigue gets you into the film. and once once you've watched the first 10 minutes, you you, you, you know you can't, you can't avoid watching the rest of it. Uh, I, I actually did watch it again last week, last weekend after we decided we were going to do this film today. And I, I remember l- enjoying it the first time. Um, I think the second time, I immerse myself even more in the dialogue, and I think that this is a dialogue-rich film, and it it, it is just so good. Every line is quotable, um, and every line can stir up the emotion and stir up sadness, happiness, redemption, whatever it might be. It's it's a remarkably
1: well-written film. For you mentioned, you know, you just, I'm just picking up uh, what you said the first 10 minutes, and then you're in. Have yes. you noticed that for a number of those movies on the official YouTube channel, you can now watch for free the first ten minutes? Warner Brothers are doing it, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, I can't remember the distribution company for for this one, but uh, I just suddenly remembered that it is becoming now a more common marketing tactic to literally um, showcase the first ten minutes of any films on YouTube with the calls to action to then rent, buy, or, or stream. Uh, so back to a lesson that we may have just improvised, you and I, just now. Should we find ways to, again, give people that first 10 minutes uh, across you know, our, our network and not necessarily just a full version? Just a thought. Yeah, come on, United Artists. We
0: want the first 10 <laughs> minutes of no time to die because we're fed up with yeah. waiting for the full
1: 120 <laughs> minutes of it. Excellent. Well, Monsieur Roger Edwards, this was episode 29. It was a gooden, as they say around here. Gooden. Very gooden. 29 episodes, Pascal.
0: Unbelievable. And it's still as exciting and enjoyable recording these sessions as
1: it was when we did episode number one. Likewise, likewise, my dear friend. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you again for your support. Do drop your messages. You know, they make a big, big difference at this moment in time. Until the next one, make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Pascal Pintoni and he was Roger Edwards. Bye for now.